Vegas Nation is sponsored by Station Casino's STN Sports. Download the app today and get a bonus up to $100 when you sign up. Sports, entertainment, little to no culture. It's time for Unsportsmanlike Conduct with Ed Graney and Adam Hill. Hey, welcome to Ed Unsportsmanlike Conduct of the Vegas Nation, sponsored by Station Casino's STN Sports and presented by the Las Vegas Review-Journal Blue Wire. We're your hosts, Ed Graney and Adam Hill, and we're here each week to give you our thoughts on the Raiders of Las Vegas. Before entering the world of news and other topics we find interesting, you'll want to stay around for that. We've got a certain vacation spot to talk about. But before that, Adam, uh, last time we talked, I don't believe we had gotten news that Hunter Renfro had agreed to his two-year extension, $32 million, $21 million guaranteed. And the first thoughts I had about it right away was, man, that's a team-friendly deal. They got him only a two years extended. That's probably what they wanted. And then the other argument on the other side was, well, maybe he wanted two years because he can bet on himself and get a much bigger deal down the road. Do you think it could be a combination of both here? I mean, is it team friendly and friendly for Renfro? Who do you think wanted the two years? Yeah, I mean, I think it's a good question. Sometimes contracts just work out where they're right. Um, and this just felt right. I mean, it, it didn't feel like it was um, overly team friendly. It didn't feel like it was overly player friendly. It felt like, yeah, that's around what he should probably earn. And and I think that they came to a good, uh, you know, a good compromise, a good deal. The Raiders had a little bit of money right now, a little bit of flexibility with the cap uh, to be able to invest to retro. I wanted to pay him and reward him for all the work that he's done and uh, everything that he's put up. And I think he, you know, comes out of this and uh, as a fifth round pick and a guy who was doubted by so many people coming into the league, he gets a, you know, massive guaranteed payday. That's going to, you know, not that he wasn't already making good money, but that that's, that's a, you know, life-changing generational, um, you know, kind of money uh, that he's going to be able to make from this. And then at the end of this deal, if he's still performing at this level, he's going to get, you know, money for his grandkids, great grandkids, and and everyone in the uh, the future Renfro family. So, um, I I think it's a you know obviously the team's going to be happy with this because they've got a you know very 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 good receiver locked in for a couple of years, um, and you know if Renfro keeps playing at this level, he's going to get even richer at the end of it. So, uh, I think I think the one thing to watch is going to be what his numbers are over these next couple of seasons. Right. I mean, I think, um, I've, I think it's very, very possible that he continues to improve as a player, that his relationship with Derek Carr continues to grow and evolve even more, that he's even more important to the team, but that his numbers go down. And, And I know that sounds like kind of counterintuitive and kind of difficult to, um, you know, to maybe grasp, but uh, I think all those things are very possible just because of um, everybody that, that is around and all the, all the attention and targets that Devontae Adams is going to soak in and, you know, Darren Waller as well. And um, all of the running backs that they have in the system that they're going to spread the ball around to um, there's a lot more options. And one of them is going to be, you know, obviously a lot of the offense revolving around him and Devontae. So um, I, I think that's the interesting thing to watch because you know how these contracts work and in a couple of years the Raiders even if they know that Hunter Renfro is very very important and they know that he's improved and been on a good track they can go to the table and say no 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 your numbers your numbers are down and uh, his side will claim the other thing and, and be accurate and uh, they'll have to work out something from there so that that's definitely something to watch and it's uh, certainly also something to monitor with uh, with Darren Waller and his pursuit of a new deal as well. 
Yeah, I'll get to Dubois in a second. You kind of answered my question, but I want to get more specific into Hunter Info in this offense. And everyone is saying, because what happened uh, at that spot in New England, he's destined for big, big years. You make the good point, though, not that those guys didn't have great players around them as well with the Patriots, but uh, I think there's even an upgrade here. So I agree with you. I, I've got to be honest with you. If you give over under on numbers, I might go under on all three between Devontae Adams, Renfro, and Waller only because they're going to be spreading the ball around. But do you buy into the fact that because this spot produced so much in New England, it's an automatic that Hunter Renfro is going to have these great years under Josh McDaniels? I mean, you obviously just gave me a really good idea uh, to go look at something. Um, and I'm going to, I'm going to definitely check that out this week and maybe we'll talk about it a little more next week and maybe do a story about it. But uh, we know what the numbers have been with slot receivers in new England. Like that's, that's, you know, an easy thing to look at and to go back and say, what did Welker do? What did Edelman do? What has Jacoby Myers done uh, over the last couple of years? I mean, that position has thrived in this offense, but I do want to go back and look when new England had uh, obviously Randy Moss, who is, you know, a transformational type player at wide receiver and uh, stud tight ends around that time. And we don't necessarily um, have to go back and look at all of their names because you know, some of them uh, didn't end their career uh, the way that a lot of people wanted and did awful things off the field. And one of them and Aaron Hernandez, and then uh, obviously they had Gronk around, but I want to, I do want to go back and look what those slot receivers did in the years that Randy Moss was there, because, you know, one of the, one of the things that we don't really talk about enough, I think in, in the fact that the, the Patriots have had all this successful slot receivers is they have not had a Devonte Adams and Randy Moss, you know, is a, you know, one of the best to ever play the game, but he also wasn't the same type of player as Devonte Adams. Randy Moss is obviously, obviously a deep threat. Uh, would, you know, he did a lot, of uh, possession work too. And he was a very, uh, very talented receiver that can do a little bit of everything. But Devonte Adams is, he's just a guy that swallows targets just because he can catch the ball anywhere on the field. Um, and is a possession guy and a deep threat and a home run hitter and everything else on the field. So it's different uh, to try to uh, see what numbers will look like with a guy like Devonte Adams. But I do want to go back and look what those slot receivers did in the years that the Patriots did have a Randy Moss and a stud tight end uh, like the Raiders do. How did those slot receivers do that? And I would imagine that they had huge play and made big plays and uh, were relied on, on very often, but maybe didn't have those gaudy type of numbers uh, that you would expect. And I'm not sure. Again, I said, I have to go look that up, but um, th that's, that's interesting to me in that how will, how will the numbers look for a slot receiver in this offense when you have a Devontae Adams and a Darren Waller around him? Because again, I think they'll make big plays. I think they'll make, you know, when you need a first down, you still know you can go to Hunter Renfro. When you need when you're in the red zone, you still know you can go to Hunter Renfro. But um, maybe not, you know, those all those first and second down plays that are uh, gonna be a lot of Devontae Adams too. You're talking a lot about Devontae Adams. We were with him uh, last week when he spoke to the media. I thought he was terrific. I wish they put him up there every day. Um, but a few things he said I want to get to you on, especially when he started talking about Derek Carr and Aaron Rodgers. Um, and I think what happens is people take, you know, tidbits of what someone says and then they run with it. And it's not really specifically what he meant. Um, I'm kind of uh, inferring to uh, saying that there wasn't much difference between Derek Carr and, 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 and Aaron Rodgers. Now, I don't think that's what you and I heard. Um, I did hear that, you know, he said it wasn't really fair to anyone to compare him to Aaron Rodgers. Um, he, he had talked to Aaron 
he kind of let out a little news that Aaron Rodgers is only going to be around a year or two in Green Bay. He wanted to uh, not be there if that was the case. He wanted to get to the Raiders, get here with family on the West Coast, chase the Super Bowl here. When you heard the uh, Aaron Rodgers, Derek Carr talk, I think we both agree he wasn't comparing them as quarterbacks, but he was saying that, you know, Derek Carr has this bright future um, with him here and that they have a chance to win it all. What, what did you make? of the comments that Devonte said regarding Aaron Rodgers and Derek Carr. Cause I think a lot of people with memes and, and tweets and even ESPN and others followed with the fact that he said there was no difference between neither of them. Yeah. And we know, uh, you know, Aaron Rodgers doesn't, you know, I'll, I'll reference the show that I, I listen to almost every day is the Pat McAfee show. And uh, I will say they had kind of a field day with that quote. And obviously they are very close with Aaron Rodgers and, um, you know, he goes, he goes on that show every week. So, um, they ran with that for sure. Um, and, and, and one of the things that they said as a caveat, and I think we all can agree with this is what is Devonte Adams supposed to say? Right. And I, th- I think you're right. You're right. That it's, you know, it was blown up that one little part of the quote where he's, I, I, and I believe off the top of my head, it was, uh, from a talent perspective, there's really not that much difference if I'm being real. Um, right. Like, uh, listen, that, that is such a subjective um, argument to make. Like, I think Aaron Rodgers, in terms of just pure arm talent, is essentially, I mean, he's close to unmatched. Um, there's a couple of guys, I mean, like, you know, Josh Allen's arm talent is out of this world. And Pat Mahomes is very, very good, too. Like, Aaron Rodgers is just on a completely different level. And I, I know it's it's tough to say. Like I don't think, I don't even think Derek Carr and the Carr family, as much as they you know go to bat for Derek, and as much as anybody who's a huge fan of Derek would say, I don't think anybody on the planet would say the talent is at the same level. Like Derek Carr has been very productive. He's he's done um, such a, you know so much great work as a quarterback. Um, he has made a lot of what he has for sure, but like, there's a difference between playing really, really well and playing at a high level and just pure arm talent. And, you know, I, I don't know exactly where, you know, Devonte Adams was trying to make that comparison. And I don't know, um, you know, as you said, like there was a lot to the quote that really wasn't, you know, put out there. Um, but it, you know, talent is a, it's such a weird topic because people, you know, kind of freak out about it, but talent isn't performance. Right. And so, so there's, there's just a lot there. And Aaron Rodgers is on a different level talent wise. Um, and again, back to back MVP. So it's tough to say him and Derek Carr are the same level, but that's not really what Devontae Adams is saying. He said, it's, it's, it's a different comparison and their relationship, obviously Devontae and Derek goes back to college and they trust each other and that can make up for a lot, you know, like Rodgers and Devontae Adams look at their first couple of years. They weren't putting up the numbers that they are now. They had to build that relationship and Carr and, and Adams already have it. So they're, you know, that kind of bridges that gap a little bit uh, in terms of talent. It's it's just a, it's such a weird thing to, to get everybody to freak out about, but it also is, you know, it's, I was going to say it's July, it's June, right? We want to feed the beast of the NFL. So uh, we, we all want to freak out about every little thing so that we can have news to talk about. And I think that's just kind of what happened here. Locals know the STN Sports app is the most trusted sports betting app in Nevada. They have convenient sign-up locations across Las Vegas. So download the STN Sports app today.
Anything else, Devonte, say that stood out to you? Um, I know you uh, you've been writing some stories lately, uh, but anything else that he said that stood out? I thought he. I, I think you'll agree with me. He was terrific. Um, very open. Very honest. Um, uh, I do think I was shocked that his grandparents hadn't seen him play live. That was a little, that was a little shocking to me in terms of the NFL, although he's been in green Bay, but that's, you know, I'm sure they came West several times. Um, just, you know, his, his idea that he's come back West now to uh, kind of try to chase this, another Super Bowl. Yeah. I think, I think a lot of what he said was interesting. I'll, I'll add him to the list of, as you said, you wish he talked every day. Um, it'd be cool if he, uh, if he did once a week, maybe he will, at some point in the season, we'll add him to the list with uh, AJ Cole of people we want every week uh, to talk to <laughs> up, up, up on the podium. Um, so, yeah, I, th- I think he was very introspective, very open, honest. And I think those are good things to see uh, when anybody speaks. And that's who we're going to want to talk to a lot of times. Um, but to me, what stood out, it, it's it's kind of interesting. I've really been intrigued by the budding relationship of Hunter Renfro and Devontae Adams. And the way that they talk about each other and the way that they've, you know, obviously bonded very quickly. It sounds like on the golf course and um, through their mutual, like very close friendship uh, with their car and his family. Uh, but it seems like Redfro and Adams have just really, really taken to each other. And I, I, every time either one of them talks about the other, I just kind of uh, get a, get a kick out of it because clearly there is, you know, a ton of admiration there. Um, a ton of respect for ability, but also just, they seem like they really, really genuinely like each other, both personally and professionally. And um, it, it seems like we hear more and more about that every time either one of them talks. Boy, I got to remember not to mute myself, Larry. Apologies. <laughs> Up there, mute myself. That's not good. Lastly, before we get on to uh, your trip and something I have a problem with you uh, tweeting the other day, I don't know about you, Adam, but the more weeks and weeks that pass, I, I just have this weird feeling they're going to wait on Darren Waller's contract. I, I just have a weird feeling that they knew he was hurt last year. He's going to be 30 in September. I don't think they're in a rush to get this guy extended. I know I could be proven wrong tomorrow or ten, usually it's 10 minutes after our podcast at news breaks. So I'm sure at 11, you know, 22 tonight or it's today that it's going to break that he signed a new extension. But why do you think I have this feeling? I just, I, he's got two years left on his deal. Uh, they, they were going to wrap up Renfro. We knew that young, young, really talented receiver, but the more I think about Waller, the more I'm wondering if they're waiting on this guy. Yeah. I'm, 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 I've been kind of wondering that for a while. And, you know, there's a couple of factors that play here. One that they don't have to, I mean, he's, he's signed for another couple of years and the team I'm sure, uh, as we've talked about, would love to just have him play on that deal. Now I don't know how realistic that is. If you would want to do that or, or what is going on behind the scenes, um, but I'm sure the team is like, you know, Hey, we're good. If, if nothing changes on his side, if he's not, you know, threatening to not play or not show up. And that really is, is it Darren Waller's character is from what we've seen. So, um, I think the team is very comfortable with him just going into, uh, this season on the contract that he has. So that would make some sense from that perspective. Um, you know, the squeaky wheel gets the grease. And I don't understand mechanics or cars, but I've heard that expression before. And I think it means that if you're not making noise and you're not, you know, becoming a problem, then, you know, there's no real, there's no real force on the other side to make that happen. And it kind of sounds like that's where it is now. Like we were surprised. At least I was, okay. I'll say I was surprised that he was at OTAs, the voluntary OTAs. Obviously you have to come to mini camp. I was surprised he was at OTAs. I would not have been. If I were Darren Waller, 
uh, I would have said, I'm not, you know, I'm not doing this. I'm not coming in uh, if I don't have a new deal. No, he has taken an approach of, hey, when it gets done, it gets done. And he hasn't, you know, come out and said he absolutely needs it. But he has talked a lot about uh, the salaries that big time wide receivers and tight ends have been getting and that he probably deserves it. But he hasn't, while he's discussed it and just kind of been honest about it, he hasn't made a big deal about it. And if he doesn't, I don't know that they're going to make that happen. I, I think that, you know, they can just kind of, uh, put their head down and pretend that they don't hear anything and um, just come in and say, Hey, if you're playing, you're playing for this contract and that's how it's going to work. But again, I, I would not be happy and I would not be thrilled and I would, I would certainly not be um, as quiet as Darren Waller has been. He's let a couple of things come out, but I, I would be much more vocal about needing a new deal because it's, it's kind of silly, the contract that he's on and uh, the performance that he's played with and to be getting paid what he's getting paid is just, it's it's kind of you know kind of silly to me. All right, that's good. That's good stuff on the Raiders. Now uh, you have uh, returned from your trip. We talked about it last week. We actually found you on a beach last week. I think in Cancun. Um, did the not trip? O- not only the- not only did you find me. Uh, I, I actually did uh, NFL radio on satellite from down there. Nice, nice. Yeah. Well, oh, yeah. work vacation. How was it? Sure. How was it otherwise? Uh, can you tell me any uh, the. Uh, is it fair to say in the podcast, I think it is some of the uh, stories you were telling me yesterday or are those off limits? I mean, probably it's better for other times. <laughs> All right. You ended that. How was the trip? What was it? Everything you, everything you thought it would be because you've been there about a hundred times. Uh, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm used to, uh, I'm used to go down there. I kind of know what to expect. It's, you know, it was a great time. It was, party it was quite a party you know four days of uh kind of non-stop going and it's it's trip one of two to the to the beaches of lovely mexico i'll have a uh combo trip coming up just before training camp so uh maybe have some some different stories from that it's a different crew of people so uh not people that are that are as concerned about their privacy in oh oh i like it <laughs> um more so than some of the spots here in vegas now uh yeah yeah, I would think so. Spots in Vegas, you don't have, you don't have to be very shy. Sure. Um, yeah, but I mean, I'm talking about the people that I was with. Oh, okay. All right. Okay. I thought yeah. you might uh, might have been talking about the sights and sounds. Well, maybe that too. Uh, what's your next? What's is it on to now? It's Cancun, and now it's on to a Cabo. When's that start? Uh, that's just before training camp. Like I'll I'll come back the day uh, the day before training camp starts. So. Hopefully no uh no delayed flights or canceled flights or anything, but man, plenty of uh, plenty of in between here too because uh, I'm going next week's my birthday, so uh, getting another oh, happy year birthday. Over next yeah, I thought you didn't so, like uh, birthdays. I don't, but I'm going. I'm going to go to the Padres Phillies game. I want to go see a couple of. Uh, I mean, obviously, I love going to San Diego anyway. I love going to the Padres games, and um, it just so happens to work out that. Couple of Las Vegas guys and uh and Bryce Harper and, and Bryson Stott will be down in San Diego, so that'll be fun. Any chance you get to talk to him? Or are you just going uh, vacation? i I think I'm just going on a trip. I mean, I'm gonna be there all four days for the series. So uh maybe one day try to try to get a credential and go in there and see what's going on. But for the most part, uh we'll be uh I'll be enjoying the game with a uh a beverage and some barbecue, maybe some Phil's barbecue in the uh, the stands. And in your barbecue, and I saw this tweet. I want to get to this uh, before we get out. Of here. I want to get to this. You tweeted the other day, and I just had, you know what I just had? I, I do my radio show. I come home. I have a nice big bowl of frosted flakes, flakes with a banana every morning. Every morning, that's my go to frosted flakes with a banana. 
you tweeted the other day something about Syria, which, by the way, I'm a little surprised because you're such a Seinfeld fan and he loves cereal to the where he did that. You said cereal is soup. You, you got to explain yourself. That's correct. I mean, what what is soup? It's a it's a you know a liquid food with like some some other things in it, like some solid in it, right? Like a a chicken noodle soup is just a broth with noodles and chicken, or a you know vegetable but, beef but, is just like a broth with beef and vegetables. But other well, than weird soups, they're all very hot. Uh, sure. But what about gazpacho? Or what about like a, a uh, nice borscht? Gazpacho. You don't you don't eat this. You don't eat gazpacho. I don't, but the, it's a cold soup. <laughs> you can have a cold soup. So if you have like cereal on its own is not soup, but once you put cereal in a bowl with milk, now it's soup. I, I just, I don't, I, I don't, I don't know where you're coming up with. Are you a cereal guy? Uh, yeah, I was, I, I try not to, not to eat sugar anymore, but, uh, I mean, I loved it. So but it started because somebody asked me my favorite soup. And I said, oh, you didn't say like lucky charms. No, I did. I said easy. That's Cocoa Puffs with a bowl of milk. It's my favorite soup. It's delicious. Somebody's like, that's not a soup. Do you know how this you know how this started? It it does have a football tie, by the way. No. So apparently the new Cooper Manning show uh, on uh, Omaha Productions, where which I'm not sure where it's going to air. Show is. Uh, I guess kind of a, a knockoff of Hot Ones, which I, I think we've talked about that you don't watch, right? Um, that's an interview show where you have to eat progressively hotter chicken wings and then you're kind of freaking out and you're trying to answer like real hard-hitting, like personal questions with, with just your eyes sweating from all the all the chicken wings. Uh, right. Very good show. One of my favorite shows on, on, uh, on YouTube for sure. Um, and then it's also a combination of like uh, that and comedians in cars getting coffee, the Seinfeld uh, show. And so apparently the Cooper Manning show is the celebrity guest picks their favorite soup and Cooper Manning and the guests do an interview until the bowl of soup is gone. OK, is this the most famous Cooper Manning's been? <laughs> Probably. Uh yeah, he's getting his own show. They're going to eat soup. And so, you know, you pick your favorite soup and then you got to eat it. And my favorite soup is obviously Cocoa Puffs with with milk in it. That's delicious. <laughs> That's a great soup. Um, I, I don't know. It's a weird concept for a show. What what soup would you pick? Uh, well, I mean, if I'm doing soup, my favorite soup of all time was chicken noodle at Soup Plantation when it still existed. Because okay. you know what I did? I, 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 don't, I took the chicken out and I put it on top of the salad. Okay, well, that's not soup. I never though. really ate the soup. Well, it wasn't. It wasn't. I, I was. I, people were mad at me because I'd take the ladle and I would, you know, get rid of the water and just take the big chunks of chicken. Well, that's no longer soup. That's just now you're just eating chicken. Okay, if I have to choose one, clam chowder in a bread bowl. Yeah, that's delicious, especially on the on the uh, on the wharf in San Francisco. Fantastic. Oh, yeah. That's a good choice. Um, for sure, I, I think that's good and. Uh, since we were talking about Seinfeld, now we're just all over the place at this point. But uh, I will say the greatest one character, uh, one episode character in Seinfeld history passed away this week. Yes. Uh, Mr. Bookman. Yeah. Mr. Bookman. The library oh, yeah. cop. He was he was definitely if you two like soup Nazi Bookman, you know, the kind of the special characters, the one offs. 
He was absolutely, I mean, what do you think? Like top three? No, I said, I think he's the best one episode character. Okay. One episode. Okay. All right. Other than when they all came back for the finale. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I, I count it as only being a one episode. Um, his, his one scene, I mean, he did a couple of scenes, but really it was one scene that's very memorable to everybody. Um, he came back at the end of the episode as well, but uh, the one scene where he goes to Seinfeld's apartment and confronts him about the overdue library book. Oh, I mean, it's three minutes long. I, I watched it about four times this week just because it's so incredible. His acting is just on an insane level. Um, with comedic timing to go along with actual real acting. Uh, I have no idea how Seinfeld got through that scene. In fact, I actually heard him uh, doing an interview that he he really couldn't. Uh, that it was almost impossible for him because it was such a funny, well done, um, well acted, but also this comedic uh, scene that that Bookman portrayed. And yeah, he passed away. And then uh, for those that really follow like the Larry David arc, obviously he was the uh, co-creator of Seinfeld. He made Curb Enthusiasm, he made a movie as well. Uh, he found a role for for that for that actor. Uh, Philip, every, Philip Baker, Philip Baker Hall, Philip Baker yeah. Hall was his name. Yeah, he found uh, he found a role for him in every single project that he did. Uh, that movie, Clear History, which I'll, which is very underrated and, and uh, not seen by a lot of people, found a role for him there. He found a role for him on uh, Kirby Enthusiasm. I believe he's a doctor. Um, finds a role for him everywhere because he's just so good um, as a pure actor, but also just his comedic timing when he's trying to play. You know, he's playing a straight man, but. Uh, man, his role is just so good. His timing is so good. What a loss. Well, lost 90 years old, had a great run. Uh, a lot of good roles and uh, passed away at 90. Uh, watch watch the rerun of Seinfeld if you can with Mr. Bookman. Like Adam said, it's an all-time great scene. That's going to do it for our latest edition of Unsportsmanlike Conduct of the Vegas Nation, sponsored by Station Casino's STN Sports and presented by the Las Vegas Review-Journal and Blue Wild. Remember now... There are new episodes of Vegas Nation every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Subscribe to Vegas Nation on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or any podcasting app. Find all that coverage and more at VegasNation.com. For our producer, Larry Meir, and my co-host, Adam Hill, I'm Ed Graney. We'll talk to you soon. Locals know the STN Sports app is the most trusted sports betting app in Nevada. They have convenient sign-up locations across Las Vegas. So download the STN Sports app today.